Good to see each of you here today. Glad you're with us and hope you take a Bible and also a pen and pad if you have. And if you're able to jot down a few notes, that'll hopefully be helpful to you in in the coming days. Also want to say appreciate this time and opportunity to be able to preach from God's word this morning. And we pray that you have open ears and open hearts as you receive the word. It may not be in the paper today or tomorrow or next week, but one day it will be. Whenever you see a cemetery, It's there, and it is knocking. I don't know if any of you have ever been to the catacombs over in France, but death surrounds you there. If you are scripting a title for today's lesson, it might be called The Knock of Death. I know this is not an easy subject for many of us, for many of us have struggled with the loss of loved ones in the recent days, and so has my family as well. It has been said, if a man is not prepared to die, he is not fit to live. The five letters that we are going to talk about today spell death. Many people shudder when hearing it mentioned. You know, some even try to run and hide as it doesn't exist. But the fact of the matter is that we all will die. Death, we know, in its earthly sense, is the end of physical existence. Might be called six feet under. There are inmates even sitting on death row who know that they would rather be judged by 12 than carried by 6. It's often been said there are two certainties in life, that man must die and he must also pay taxes. We know classic storybooks put it this way in two short words, the end. What am I talking about today? Yes, as you probably already guessed it, in a real sense, I'm talking about the end of life itself. The great poet, Robert Frost, once said, I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. There is even an age-old adage that says, all good things must come to an end. However, think of this. When a person passes away, many do not focus on the death of the person itself, but rather the individual life of that person that took place prior to that event. In that life, we know on many tombstones, has been depicted, described, or even etched by a small little dash in between between the date of birth and the date of death. 
Tombstones and memorabilia and pictures are all expressions to say that in death we celebrate your life. For all must face it. It takes the old, it takes the young, and it takes those in between. It is no respecter of persons, and it will take those to come. It has no barriers, no borders, and comes in all shapes and sizes. Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed for man once to die, but after this, the judgment. One other text that's often read at funerals as well comes from Psalms chapter 23 and verse number 4. We know it's a passage that when many are faced with death, they come back here. And it reminds us that God will be with us through this time, comforting and giving us great hope and help in this time of need. So while death, coming in its own time, eternally leaves all of us in the dust with the destination of heaven or hell, the lesson this morning will be a little different in the fact that it is in the form of an acrostic. So if you want to take a little note of each of these letters as we go through each of these, maybe these will be short but solemn reminders as you are faced with death. The first letter, D, takes us to the dust of the earth. Turn over, if you will, in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3, verse number 19. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 19. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. To Adam we know it is said, Till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, and for dust you are, and unto dust you shall return. We know that death, death is the cessation of physical life. We see it in the plant cycle in the animal kingdom, in many ecosystems within our planet. Yes, things are born, they live, and then they die. In the wildlife sector, we know that predator versus prey can be especially vicious during the hunt. You know, Moses writes here in the first books of the law that man will return to the ground from which thou wast taken. And isn't it interesting even to think about that at most graveside ceremonies, yes, there is even a mound of dirt near the area where the deceased is to be laid to rest. And that same mound will be used to cover that cast. What an interesting thing to think about as it relates to this verse here in Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. So the next time you are at one of those great side services, notice even the little things, even to the one who is digging the ground. 
for he will cover it back with the dust of the earth. For dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. The second letter in our acrostic today is the letter E. D is for the dust of the earth, for in death we return to the dust. E is for eternal, for death is eternal in nature. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Romans chapter 6, verse number 23. Romans chapter 6, verse number 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we find that the wages of sin is death. And we know that this death is an eternal death. Better said, spiritual death is eternal. We only, if you will, also look at a passage over in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 66. Isaiah chapter 66 and verse number 24. We'll notice a little more than halfway down in this passage. Isaiah 66, verse number 24. For it says within here, For their worm does not die, and their fire is not quenched. So we have, their worm does not die, and their fire is not quenched. If you think about it for a moment, upon the earth, upon our earth here today, Our worms, they die. All the fires that firemen put out, they are quenched and put out. But in this place, this other place that we don't want to go, the worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched. If you don't believe it, notice as well in the book of Mark, not one time, not twice, but three times in Mark chapter 9, verse 44 Verse 46 and 48, it says, Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. I believe it's in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26, we find out why life is so important. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul. We know that the answer to this is nothing. For if one loses his soul, it is an eternal loss. We read in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse number 9, it gives us a severe warning to come for those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Within this passage here, we have everlasting destruction. One key phrase to notice within here as well is from the presence of the Lord stands out. One shall be banished from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. But I believe it is here that we find what it means to be with God within this life. 
For what does 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19 say? If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. We know that we don't hope in God just in this life as the Christian. We can hope in him in the next life as well if we follow him. One thought-provoking statement that one of my Harding University Bible professors used to say to, to us in his class was that we either live for God in Christ now or forever wish we had. Though they are some strong words for us to take, it is the truth. These are some simple words, and sometimes they get people to wake up and see. For what does James chapter 4 and verse number 8 say? Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Eternal life is better than eternal punishment when nigh. The next letter is A. We know the letter A is unique because it is where all children and all of us started to learn the 26 letters of the alphabet. We know that one doesn't just learn one of the letters, you learn all of them. As Adam was the first man and lived and died, so you too will follow his fate. A is for all, for all men will die. Notice as well, if you will, in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 3, verse number 23. Romans chapter 3, verse number 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you notice a few pages over, as we just read in Romans chapter 6, in verse number 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We know that there is no one who will be left out. We find from even Romans chapter 3, in verse number 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is not a person who will not die. I heard a man who once said, death smiles at us all. All a man can do is smile back. The book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 20, talks about death and the dead. Turn over, if you will, to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 through 15. Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 through 15. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades were delivered up, the dead who were in them. 
and they were judged each according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You know this passage here mentions not only the earth, but even the sea will give up their dead. One can't help but think of the many battleships, maybe even deep-sea fishermen and those in military combat submarines or ships like the USS Arizona and others from World War II to even the Titanic that have gone down within the sea. You know, death claims all upon its own terms, wherever you may be. The key, though, is being ready when that time comes. So in essence, you are preparing to die by living. You know, it's a strange statement to make. You're preparing to die by living. But really think about it. The influence that you have today will determine how you are remembered. Quoting one of our past presidents, Ronald Reagan, he once said, some people live all their lives wondering if they have made a difference. The Marines, they don't have that problem. Though death comes to us all and will come, we shouldn't have a problem as Christians wondering if we lived all our lives wondering if we have made a difference. Let our motto be, we can, while we can. The U.S. Air Force Operations Rescue Squadron also has a motto. It says that others may live. So we have the letter D for dust, the letter E for eternal, the letter A for all. Now we have T representing time. Turn over, if you will, in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We'll notice a few verses here. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We'll notice verses 2. Or 1 and 2. Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 and 2. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die. You know the passage here is one that the Beatles made well, the Beatles, you might say, made this biblical writer millions that they will never earn in the flesh. But it still speaks to millions today. To everything, there is a season, a time to be born and a time to die. From the book of Job, Job chapter 7 and verse 1, and also verse number 7, it says, Is there not an appointed time to man upon the earth? Are not his days also like the days of a laborer? Oh, remember that my life is wind. We know that the Bible also says that 
The grass withers and the flower fades. The word of our God shall stand forever. Each of these things, such as the grass and the flower, is time-sensitive. There is an appointed time for them upon the earth. But think seriously about this next illustration that I once heard in a sermon. Imagine that you just had 24 hours to live, or that you're just 24 hours closer to judgment than you were last morning. So we will either be taken in death, or we will be taken in judgment. Either way, we have to be ready when that time comes whether it's tomorrow night or 200,000 years from tonight. What would you do if it were your last 24 hours here upon the earth? Would you do as some of those on death row do and have their last meal? Would you call those around you, telling them how much you would miss them, giving them words of encouragement? These and many other things challenge us to be who we are today, because we are not guaranteed tomorrow. You know, James gives us another vivid picture in one instance, saying in James 4.14, Whereas ye know what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. You know, when others have gone, we often sum up their lives, in words, in our thoughts, in feelings. But think of the words of John J. Perishing, where he says, time will not dim the glory of their hearts. The final letter and finality of this words spells the key word heaven and also the key word hell. So you have two words here. Turn over, if you will, to Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Our destination is one of these two roadways. It's that fork in the road, we might say. You know, Roadrunner always came back after his shows, but we won't have that same opportunity. You may have to ask our brother that, Maybe cats have nine or even 12 lives, but we only have one chance to get it right, and it's while we are living within this life. You know, Jesus went to prepare a place for his children, those who are Christians and part of his family. To his disciples in John chapter 14, verse 2 and 3, he says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. 
So this place that we are talking about, we know is heaven. You may have heard that heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. But hell is a prepared place for an unprepared people. Hebrews 11.16 says, But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly, whereof God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. The other place we know is that place called hell. You know, Jesus mentions hell 16 times. 11 out of those 16 times, he refers to the place called hell. The other five times is the place called Hades, or the place of the unseen, or the state where departed souls go, or the grave. You know, some want to deny that such a place exists, but we cannot escape the truth of God's word on the matter. All these things to say that hell is a place we do not want to go. You know, Jesus mentions this place, and if we don't take him at his word, who else or what else can we believe? I've heard it said, it mentioned that if it's said one time in the Bible, it is important. But if it's mentioned more than one time, we had better listen up. It makes us want to read and study these verses even more clearly. For what does John chapter 8 and verse 51 say? Truly, truly, I say to you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. The alternative we know is eternal death and eternal destruction. But Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10 gives the Christian the comfort like no other. Though those of that time were facing literal death and physical death in that moment, we can take comfort and assurance from these words of Christ to be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. For what is death? Death is a return to the dust. Death is is an eternal separation or an eternal life with God. Death is a state where all we all will experience. And death is a time for us to go. Death is also a point at which our eternal destiny will be sealed in heaven or hell. Turn over, if you will, to the book of Ecclesiastes. Once again, Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse number 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. We either live for him now or forever wish we had. Maybe during this lesson it has caused you to think about your own death and your own funeral. You know, death has been called the punisher or 
the enemy, as we find in 1 Corinthians 15, 26, the great intruder. And even from the beginning, as we read in the book of Genesis, death was there. For when Adam and Eve partook of the forbidden fruit, death was there before it was even talked about. Notice, if you will, Genesis chapter 3, verses 2. Genesis chapter 3, verse 2 and following. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor, touch, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. So even before they even ate or partook of the fruit, death was even mentioned. No later than another chapter, if you look over in chapter 4, what do we have? We have Adam and Eve's sons, Cain and Abel, you might remember. They came upon the scene, and what happens? We have the first murder Genesis chapter 4 and verse 8. You know every day there is death all around us. And oh, it's there and it is knocking. I'm not sure how true this really is, but it's been said when you hear about death, it often happens in threes or comes in threes. Yes, even now, no one can escape. Oh, it's coming, and there's not a thing we can do to stop it. For what does Psalms 89, verse 48 say? Who can live and not see death? We know that the wages of sin is death, as we have read in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. But why did Jesus come? If you notice Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 9, he came so he could taste death for every man. For his death is what brings all of us here at this time today. He died so that men could believe in him. John 8 and verse 24. Jesus says, except you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. He died so men could repent of their sins. Jesus says in Luke 13, 3, and also verse number 5, I tell you no, but except you repent, you will all likewise perish. He died so that men could confess his name before men. Matthew 10, 32 and 33, Jesus says, If you do not confess my name before men, he will not confess his name before his Father in heaven. He came so men could be baptized in his name. Mark 16, 16, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. He came, so men, he came, lived, and died so that men could be faithful to him like we're doing here today, trying to please him in every aspect of his word so that we could be faithful to him and he will give us the crown of life as we read Revelation 2 and verse 10. So while there is still life, Within your bones, do all you can do 
to serve him. If you have any need this day, we are here to pray with you and for you, or if you would like to obey the gospel and obey the plan of salvation as we have covered this morning, or if you'd just like to talk about it, we are here, stand ready to assist you in any way as we come and as you sing.